Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, for a film, Empire Magazine to give Brian and Charles four stars, that is a big, big, um, big deal. I think anything like uh, that style of independent Sundance movie, they rarely get five because, you know, five stars is more for a wider mainstream audience. Four is pretty much five stars for that type of film. Honestly, it, when we got that, it, so many times you say to yourself, reviews don't matter. And then you... <laughs> And then they come out, they go, you go, they really do matter. <laughs> I imagine, definitely when it's Empire Magazine, because it's just Oh, it's bizarre, shame. absolutely bizarre. I mean, Chris sent me some, sent me the article in the magazine. It's just like, this is, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah, it's just amazing. Absolutely. It's like Ben Green um, sent me a screenshot of the review, and I was looking at the the font and the uh, and, and the general layout of the magazine. I was like, "Shit, is that Empire magazine?" I know, yeah, that's that's it. You're just part of like Phil royalty off that. Once you've got a four star review in Empire magazine and an article, you've been interviewed. I've read that interview actually. I need to check that out. Um, you, haven't even, you haven't even read it. You haven't even bought it yet. Liberties, yeah, I've <laughs> taken liberties already. Oh, honestly, it's so bizarre. This week. Um... We had to do interviews on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, I can't remember what it was now, but it's like like five o'clock until gone eight, non-stop. Most of them sort of 10 minutes long, three of them maybe 25 minutes, half hour long. But just wow. bang, bang. And are their questions quite repetitive? Yeah. Did you get the vibe when Empire interviewed you, interviewed you they liked it? Because, I mean, that's a really good, it's a really good write-up. Yeah, he you was know, lovely. He was lovely. Oh, he got really on board with it. But I don't think the guy who interviewed us reviewed it. Oh, that's true. I think, Very I think true, he just yeah. did the article. But yeah, he was lovely. Um, but I met, yeah, some of the people oh, just couldn't have been lovelier talking about it. And then there was, there was one person in particular, one woman, I was like, you don't like it. And what was she? What type of, what was her sort of personality? A bit too serious? A bit more gut- yeah, I was like... <laughs> You look film fatigued. Oh my gosh. Well, it is interesting. It's like Joe Cornish, you know, the guy who directed Attack the Broad. Well, you know, Joe Cornish, you know, Adam and Joe and all that. Um, he talks about film fatigue because he was a film reviewer on Radio 4. Yeah, he has that period where he's like in kind of like career limbo just before Adam and Joe went back onto, what was it? Radio, it wasn't Radio 4, Radio 6, wasn't it? BBC yeah. 6. And then he did attack the block after that, and he had that kind of limbo land, and he was like the Radio 4 reviewer. And he said he was a massive film buff, but he just got film fatigue. He he questioned his own taste, his own views. I think oh, he did wow. it for one year, and he said that what he was passionate about, reviewing constant films, just ruined it for him. Oh, yeah. No, it's um, it's been really tiring this week. I think we, we had two days like that. And then, um, yeah, so going up tomorrow to the like premiere of it and there's so i had a look at the schedule is this boring no god no not at all so this is your schedule from sunday onwards yeah i had a look at the schedule from well, sunday yeah, tell us your schedule definitely um so it's basically going up there and then 
So there's a screening, and um, we've got to do a Q&A right after 15 minutes. But yeah, so we've got to do a Q&A, and there were three, it's being played three, in three different screens at the same time. Really? Or, or like a 15 minute. So we've got to do this Q&A, run over to another screen, do a Q&A to, to them, run over oh. to another screen, do a Q&A there. Yeah. What, in different parts of London? No, in that, in, in the picture house. In the actual picture house? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Mm. Mm. That's proper conveyor belt stuff, isn't it? And then just pretend you haven't done it two other times with three other audiences. And then on the Monday, we've got from 10 till 2, just non-stop interviews. And where's that, like a hotel in London? Yeah. And then and then we fly off on Tuesday. It's really interesting. My um, agent said to me, just to prepare you, in about two weeks, it's going to go ever so quiet. Because <laughs> the film's that? gone out and no one gives a shit. Oh, my God. And you'll start, you'll start thinking, why does no one want to talk to me? <laughs> Flipping egg. Yeah. So just like intensity and then just totally... Um... Well, your film's gone out and then it's like, right, what's the next film? Yeah, definitely. And also, it's almost like giving birth to something, isn't it? It's just a case of, well, it's up to them now. They've won, they've been pushed out the nest and the film's just got to just take on the world, basically. You've done what you can. You've done all the parenting. Yeah. And it's just up to it now to sort of survive against the bullies and the other competition. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. It's completely different from doing TV. Completely different. Oh, in what way? That is interesting. Well, just, just like so the... much... Hype. What is... Yeah, hype and sort of attention and people wanting to know about the film and, yeah, just loads of it. Really intense. And then uh, TV's nothing like that. Do you know what? That does make me think a lot because... When directors now, a lot of directors bring out films on video stream sites, you get that more and more. Netflix like pays like Martin Scorsese, 100 million or whatever. I guess things like The Irishman had the hype with when it got nominated for Oscars, but he wouldn't have had the same. I guess Irishman did have a lot of focus, but there's a lot of films that come out with, from Netflix with Chris Hemsworth, his Thor, you know, big, big stars and directors. And they prop their ego probably misses that hype and that intensity of a theatrical cinema release. Do you know what I mean? And they get lost so easily, don't they? In the content, they're just dropped. Do you know what I mean? And it, well, it's treated like a piece of TV, isn't it? Or a lot of the time, they don't appear in films these days. They just appear in TV shows, don't they? That's the other thing. And there's a little TV show that has that cinema focus. But I just think if I was a movie star and I was used to the 90s and the millennium and the noughties where I was just on this massive, gigantic, godlike screen... And now some of my biggest deals are to do a 10-part series on TV, these prestige dramas. You're not a god anymore. You're a well-paid member of society, part of an elitist group. <laughs> you're not a demigod, are you? Do you know what I mean? No, the mystery's gone, isn't it? The, yeah, you know. definitely. That that box in the back of your head's not quite being ticked. It's not, it's not ticking the libido, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's not quite... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I never had that in the 80s, so 80s or 90s. So Yeah, very true. No, neither have I. I've never actually had that. What did I have in the 80s? I had Smallfield Recreation Ground. Oh, there you go. What did you have? Where were you in the 80s? In Arundel? In the 80s, I was in Port Slade, and ah. uh, I'd have been Cubs, and um, 
God, what was my football team called? I think we called the Trojans or something. So that was my platform celebrity, basically. What was the first film you remember watching? First film I remember, one, Brighton Odeon, Seafront um, Cinema, that's gone now. It was in the lanes of, the, of Brighton Lanes, Odeon, and it was E.T. That was the Oh, first. same here. That's my first. Oh, really? God, that's Isn't really that, interesting. Do you know it's 40 years this year? God, that would make... God, that's in, is it really forty years? I, th I think so. Yes, it would be. Yes, yeah, so I would have been like four. I'd have been four. That makes absolute sense. You were four. Yes, I'm forty-four now, so I'd be four. Do you remember going to? Yeah, I think I did. So I'd have been maybe four, turning five, and I would. Have, it would have been my first year at uh, primary school. So I wow. do, do so remember that, it. That, that. Yeah, my first memory is ET. Whether it's the first film, it can't have been the first, but my first memory. Sitting, watching ET and crying at the end as an eight-year-old. Yeah, I remember being in absolute tears. And then I remember, yeah, massively. And then I remember watching it again on pirate video. Did you watch any pirate videos in the 80s? They were, uh, they were as never exciting did that. as... Never did that. <clears throat> no, quite, quite illegal, that. You don't get involved in that racket, Edwards. You want to avoid that. But they were really exciting when, you, um, when someone on your street had a pirate video. Oh, yeah. And um, they'd filmed it in like a cinema in Tokyo or New York, not them, but whoever did. And then Driller Killer. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. All the video nasties. Evil. Have you Dead. watched those? Um, some of them. Evil Dead, Spit on My Grave, things like that. Uh, when I was a kid, I didn't watch them. I probably watched them. Well, I don't know. Probably fourteen, fifteen, and I found them very uh, scarring. I was definitely that kid that wouldn't better sleep for a week. I remember I watching watch... Robocop and being scarred I've never seen that. Robocop. Never seen Robocop. It's worth watching. It's very, very dark in place. Is it yeah, worth really... watching? No, it's def... Robocop's definitely worth watching. It's, um, it's quite humorous in places, quite dark comedy about kind of consumer America, kind of lots of adverts in between the Robocop action sequences. So you see they're kind of like, um, all the uh all the kind of like uh video games they're selling are ultra violent and it's this society that's based around gun crime and things like that it's kind of humorous in a sort of 2000 ad dark graphic novel kind of vibe but lots of dark things like um you know uh people being shot up in corporate conference rooms. I thought you were gonna say shut up the arse well you do get stuff like that in there well someone gets shot up the arse someone gets um i don't get um shot up the arse but um <laughs> you see him um for some reason asses are appearing in my head because a guy is caught with yeah. like three prostitutes doing loads of cocaine i remember seeing this at 11 there's always a dodgy oh. kid in your street that whose parents would just say there's the blockbuster car just get out of my life i don't want my boys watching no, that when God, they're 11. No. looking back at it, i could see my head rewiring with this kind of and my parents would have let me but i'd go around this guy's house who is this guy um what is he called christopher brace i think i've mentioned him before you too. have you have where he, is he uh, now i bumped into him and um he's quite a well-built bloke you know where you don't know if the, he's gone to the gym or he's just eating too many burgers it's that bizarre mixture and um he's got a massive tattoo of a cobra going down one arm and <laughs> um the very polite very civilized yeah. bizarrely he's a lawyer but he's got a cobra snake coming down his arms. I don't know what that's about. Maybe he's trying to bomb with the inmates when he goes into the jail to chat to them, unlike you as he rolls up his sleeves. David Edwards Movie News. So, David. Yes. Any movie news this week? 
Movie news, I definitely say this week, which is an interesting one for July and August, is, um, I mean, the big question that everyone's got at the moment, is cinema dead? Okay. And at the moment, they say it's not the case because uh, Tom Cruise's Mavericks made loads and loads of money. You know, they think it's going to um, gross potentially a billion. He's made, you know, it's already gross over like 100 million. But they say, don't get too excited because the real um, barometer of that's going to be July and August because people like Netflix are bringing out massive films, big, big budget films with big directors, big stars, straight to streaming. And they think, uh, will that just take people, you know, away from the cinema full stop? And it is ludicrous. I mean, you've got um, a massive new spy movie called The Grey Man, starring Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling. It's got a over $100 million budget. It's directed by the Russo brothers who directed the Avenger films. And it's just going, I think it's going to have a theatrical window of one weekend. So it can be considered for Oscars type of thing. Uh, but that wouldn't be for best film. That'd be for like editing and sound. It's not an Oscar movie. They'll just be dumped straight onto an, a, you know, a, uh, I, I think people are going to rebel against all this soon. I think they're going to go back to the cinemas. For the, they're going to, they're going to look for the magic in their life. I don't think, yeah, I think you're completely right. I don't think cinema will die because people want to get out. They want to do this. Maybe what happened is cinema will become a specific genre of filmmaking. So it'll be like, you know, you won't go and see a Seth Rogen comedy anymore at the cinema. Oh, interesting. Experience. That's a nice, that's a nice uh, thought. Yeah. Okay. But does that mean it's going to be big, loud and brash to be in the cinemas? Yes. I think oh, cinema. Oh, come on. I know. I think potentially, I mean, not all films, but I think the majority of them, it'll be like the cinema will be like going to see an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. You'll go I like, like watching lovemaking on a big screen. Well, that's an experience, isn't it? So who knows? I mean, that's what IMAX was, was invented for, if you ask me. Yeah. Just seeing yeah. tender moments on a close-up. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing X-rated, just like a kiss no, on no, the lips. No, 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 just lips. kissing. Yeah, and shoulders and stuff. Yeah, just shoulders and just glistening lips. Now, well, yeah. well I hadn't been to cinema for years to do with, uh, due to COVID and children. And the, the last film I saw was ours. The first film for years was ours, and I was like, "Oh God, it's great in a cinema, isn't it?" Oh yeah, it's I'd a forgotten. very experience. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, massively. What was the last thing you saw before that? Oh, um, before your own? He- I don't know. Don't know. No idea. I remember you saying you saw Gravity, and you got a lot out of that. You oh, that I did. I did like that. I went twice. Twice, really? A real fan of that one? Wow. Yeah, I think I remember the second time going. Mm seen this well, it's like a roller coaster isn't it once you've done it once i've done that with films i've gone back to the cinema to see it and i thought well you should have just waited for the dvd i forgot about gravity that was a hell of an experience in the big room gravity is where um i mean no i don't need to point it out because it's a massive success and everything but i think that's more and more the final cinema is going to go down that sort of thing where you know you can watch it at home if you want but you're not going to have the full experience no thing. no it's, 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 it's an experience basically David Edwards Movie Review. Okay, so movie review this week. We did the old uh, film, random film generator. Yes. And uh, we came up with three movies which you had to pick blindfolded. You picked. Certainly did. Silverado. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yes, a Wild West. (laughs) A Wild West 80s classic. Oh, I forgot it was that one. Go on. I would say Silverado, so came out mid-80s, 
Um, I'm really excited about this. So what's that? I'm really excited. It's a very interesting one. Basically, it's um, if you go on the it didn't do amazing in the box office, but if you go on the internet, there's a lot of love for it. Type of thing as a, as a western written and by it's written it's written directed by Lawrence Kasdan yeah who and did? he's the guy who wrote Raiders of Lost Ark wow Empire Strikes Back wow he also did like a family comedy that he directed and wrote called The Big Chill in the eighties that did yeah. really well but um you can tell why he was employed by the studios to do it because you can tell the plan behind Silverado is let's take Golden Age nineteen thirties nineteen forties Hollywood entertainment and bring it to well what was a modern audience in the 80s doing basically exactly what he did with raiders lost start with b-movie adventure films and star wars kind of um you know flash gordon 40s kind of like serial films okay and he kind of pulls it off i would say it's good it's good stuff it's de definitely it does not have any sort of like social commentary like dancing with walls or a dark gritty undertone like unforgiven it is it's what your dad would call a, a cow puncher a proper daytime tv sort of thing you would see on a sunday afternoon just after grandstands you know lots of shootouts a proper wholesome full-out saturday matinee so what's that um, about what's that about basically very similar to magnificent seven four men come together it's more about bromance than ladies you've got ladies in the background but it's all about men loving men and they're off to Silverado for their different um, destinies and aspirations to start new lives. And they meet each other on their way to Silverado. And they've all got a... Um... So do you meet the men separately? And yes, then they... you do. Okay. You see Scott Glenn going along. Scott Glenn was in things like Right Stuff Be uh, Black Dra uh, Backdraft, the, um, the fire movie, you know, about the fire brigade in America. You see him along, go along his, his horse. He starts off with him having a massive shootout, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, massive shootout. Then he finds Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is um, on the floor without any clothes, just a onesie. He's had his gun, uh, hat and horse stolen. So he helps Kevin Klein. Then he goes to a town and the town is run by John Cleese as a sheriff, which is very bizarre. Oh. And John Cleese's accent, I can't tell if he's an American or British person. Very bizarre. <laughs> oh, right. Python films were just getting, were airing in America there and he was getting, you know, known. And, um, they've got to then break free Kevin Costner, who's Scott, Cl um, what's his name? Um, Kevin Klein. Uh, Kevin Klein. Yeah. Kevin Costner. <laughs> and it, sorry, I've got their names. What a disaster. It's Scott Glenn. That's it. Scott Glenn. His, his, um, brother is Kevin Costner. Yeah. And Kevin Klein's hanging along with him because he's picked him up because he's horseless, which isn't a good situation as a cowboy. And then they and they get Kevin Costner out of prison and it's a three. Then they meet Danny Glover and they meet each other on the way. Two. And all, two, um, four of them, as, as they go to Silverado. Yeah, so they're all the, okay. Let's, let's listen to a clip of Silverado. Check it out. You're wearing my hat. What else you got that's mine? Mister, I don't know what you're talking about. I hope your fingers aren't tickling my ivory-handled cold. You stand up real slow and let me see. You might live through this night.
Big mistake. That's what I told him. Okay. So, does he pull it off? Does Kazdan pull it off? It's good fun. There's big action sequences. I'm sensing a... Not really. Not 100%. Oh, bugger. Why? Well, they've, they've got to bring down the big gangster at the end. Who's the... um? It's John Demi. You know, the guy... Uh, I'm terrible with my names. I keep forgetting all my names here. Which is a complete casualty. My description of the film was appalling as well. What's this Actually, guy's if we name? were on Radio oh, 5 now... Oh, it'd just now. be a disaster. I think they just cut to Kevin... They're can you, can you imagine, Kevin's though, people are listening in their car, for fuck's sake, just tell us about the movie. Who is this new it guy? Would just, they, they would just... They, they'd cut to um, Eric Clapton and I'd be asked to leave and then after the song... I don't think they play music. Rappers. I think it's all on you here. I think it literally is, so just be dead air. Brian <laughs> Dennehy, who is the oh, villain yeah. in Rambo, the sheriff yes. in that. Yeah. First he is blood. also yeah. the the, uh, the corrupt sheriff in Silverado, who these four men are coming together because they've all got um, a vendetta against so, them. So why doesn't it? Why doesn't he quite pull it off? It doesn't quite pull it off. It's two hours and ten minutes. It's too long. So okay. it's like loads of potential, but it should be a ninety-minute because that's the sort of film it is. It's a it's a very kind of on the surface. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan in interviews even calls it postmodern in the sense that it's a homage to cowboy films than being an actual cowboy film type of thing. And it is all very surface. It's just like, you know, basic generic shootouts. It's good fun. And also an amazing Clark cast. You've got Danny Glover, Kevin Klein, Kevin Costner, um, the other chap whose name I can never remember because uh, he's not a big A-list star, unfortunately, but he has been in big films. Then you've got uh, Jeff Goldblum turns up as one of the town people in the background. John Cleese, uh, Rosanna Arquette. I was really hoping you were going to say this is a hidden masterpiece. It's good. It is good. And I think some people are perhaps less critical, but it just went on. It overstayed its welcome. It's like the new Batman film. I, I really loved elements of that. But it went on for like two hours and a half. And it's, it's like, you know, you can have your best friend over for a cup of tea, but sometimes they just don't leave. It's like, this is going brilliantly at one point. I was really enjoying this, but... Yeah. Is that what you're like after two hours with someone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just like, you've eaten all the hobnobs now. We've, we've had a coffee. The caffeine's, you know, giving me a downer now. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? like... Yeah. So, were there any scenes within the film where you're like, this is good, this feels like him at his best? Absolutely. There is a scene that's well, that's really famous, because there's... There, the internet's amazing. There's like a massive, um, there's, cause there's a lot of um, following for the film. There's like an hour long documentary on the making of Silverado, which is quite incredible. And one thing they look at is there's a massive um, cattle um, situation where a stampede, cattle stampede, that um, look is very action packed. It's like where, you know, you're introduced to Danny Glover's character and it got so out of control filming it that they actually did turn into a stampede. And it brought down the entire set. And when the cast and crew were interviewed, it's like they're survivors from a hurricane. They were oh. really like, this is like, first of all, they're thinking, oh, my God, well, you know, we're going to go over budget now. And secondly, they're thinking about the safety of their own lives. No one right. died, but I think people were trampled on and all it that. It looks good on screen. Looks really good. It's like, wow, this is like National Geographic. It's like a documentary. This is impressive. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. And you've got like the cattle running towards the camera. And it's like, wow, that's impressive. Because at the time, I didn't know that that it got out of control. But obviously, you know, they were apparently they were picking up smashed cameras. They had great footage in the cameras. But to do that, they had to demolish all their equipment unknowingly type of thing. So you've got loads of like immersive camera work there, you know, which cost ridiculous amount because they literally, they unknowingly created then filmed this massive stampede. Right. The shootout's good at the beginning, sorry, at the end. And there's a good beginning shootout, which goes straight into the action. It's basically, it's fast paced, massive shootout. Then we find Kevin Klein, you know, in the middle of the desert. Yeah, Kevin Costner didn't want to actually play that role. Uh, at all he said that it wasn't like movie star persona enough but he said he's glad he did now he said that you know he, had, he wanted to uh, be either kevin he wanted to play kevin klein's role there's loads of kevins and costners and kleins it's a very confusing cast very confusing particularly if you're the person putting the poster together yeah so how many i think i can guess how many chalk ices out of five you're going to give silverado I would say three chocolates. I knew it. I knew it. It's just capable stuff. So I'm never going to watch it. I'm never going to watch it then. I know. It is a shame. It is a shame. I mean, um, I don't know if I said earlier, the reason it didn't do well at the box office, it came out the first week. It came out the same week as Back to the Future. Did it? Uh, Yeah, and it just didn't get, you know, a a second. Because Back to the Future was just hellfire type of thing. It was just like, you know. Oh, wow. The timing of the... Although, I guess if it was good enough... The cream would have risen to the top, possibly. Absolutely, it's got to be said. And you know, surely there's 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 room for two. There's been, there's lots of two classics that have come out the same week or month, so it have made some money, but it just didn't make. I don't think any at all. And also, the the western's a funny one, isn't it? It's a genre that really goes in and out of vogue massively. Right. right. Whereas high school kind of uh, high school um, comedy slash sci fi, that's a genre that's always stayed you know, um, sort of relevant with the public. And also Back to the Future. I mean, God, that was like the 80s version of It's a Wonderful Life, wasn't it? That was just the zeitgeist, you know, lightning in a bottle. It's just incredible, that film. So, Silverado, David Edwards gives it three chock ices out of five. Absolutely. Great stampede scene. David Edwards movie tip. So, uh, David, you got any movie tips this week? Be it a film or a book, anything, absolutely anything. I tell you, one movie tip I've got, and I feel embarrassed saying this, and as soon as I say it, you're going to think to yourself, oh, Edwards, you're wasting my time. And I do waste a lot of people's time, but I don't believe I'm wasting it now, which is on Disney Plus. They oh, I'm in, I'm in. My ears oh, yes, you've got up. Disney yeah. Plus oh, now, haven't you? Go okay, on. so this is good. They've got... Um, uh, chippendale rescue rangers feature film uh, so i saw that i saw that go on i saw that this morning literally this morning yeah i didn't watch it i saw the and it's one of the most popular things on disney plus it's, it's become really popular so i thought right you know i'll give this a go and i thought why on earth am i watching this and when you watch the first five minutes it's like chippendale voiceover saying how they became best friends at school you know these two little animated chipmunks it's just like why am i watching this and suddenly it goes into the you see them it's basically not about them being the actual rescue rangers it's very self-aware comedy it's about them being actors on the set of rescue rangers then it goes into the future 
15, 20 years into the future. And it's about them no longer being relevant in the industry and then being out of work actors. And one of them um, is making money by going to comic con conventions. The other one now works in telesales. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's very self-aware. And really, basically, it's a modern Roger Rabbit where you've got human beings living alongside animated oh, characters. Oh, and you enjoyed it. Very good. Very good. I mean, it's not the best film of the year, but certainly, you know, it's worth watching. It's a quirky little um, diamond. And it's by Lonely Island, you know, that comedy troupe. The main guy in Lonely Island is Adam Sandberg. They came from Saturday Night Live. He did Hot Rod, stuff like that. It, they're behind it. They're okay. the people who wrote and directed it. Okay. And um, it's an interesting mix-up of stuff. So, for instance, one of them, I can't remember if it's Chip or Dale, he has like plastic matter? surgery. <laughs> probably <matter>? not. <laughs> probably not at all. And if someone sat me down and showed me a poster of Chip and Dale, I think five minutes later I forget anyway. So it'd be a waste of everyone's time. Um he has plastic surgery, and for an animated character, that plastic surgery means he's turned into CGI. So you've got a CGI chip, and then a cell-animated Dale. So oh, it's okay. very self-aware. Wow. And then you've got a, a detective turning up who's in claymation. So you've got like an almost sort of uh, Ardman animation character. Then you've got a CGI character. It's just like a complete smorgasbord of pop culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you buffet. felt like it was written for you, possibly. I certainly did. Yeah. Lots of like me sort of laughing but nodding at the screen as I say, oh, I got that joke. I understand that. That's clever. Exactly. That's made me to feel as though I haven't wasted my life because I got that Sonic the Hedgehog gag. I watched Luca this week. What is Pixar. That? Pixar Luca. Oh, the, the underwater monster um, story. Yeah. Is that good? It's set in Italy, isn't it? In Vienna, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Portarassa. Oh, right, to be exact. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I looked it up. I, I was, where's this? Uh, where's this? Um, Where is yeah, this I found setting? it. Fantastic little place. And because they really, they go on to like research trips, Pixar, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Because oh, we places. watched Ratatouille last. We had a cinema. We have a cinema night at the weekend. Oh, do you? Which night's that then? Can I let you settle down? Either, either Saturday or Sunday. I'll tell you what we do. The boys yeah, have to go do. into their room for five, ten minutes. And then we set up the lounge like a cinema. Oh, wow. We, we put a little desk out with a till with tickets and then little treats. And and they get so excited. Can we come out now? And, uh, God, they, I feel excited just thinking Oh, about it. they come so in. in their bedroom knowing a cinema is being created in their lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, Christmas is going to be an anti-climax, isn't it? We give them this sort of fake money, gold coins. They then come in and, okay, what film are you coming to see? Uh, da, 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 da. And they give us the money and say, okay, there's, there's your tickets, um, there's your uh, snacks, whatever snacks you want. Then they sit down and then bang, Luca. Oh, no, Ratatouille last week. Why did I tell you that? Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I looked up the uh, location of, um, I mean, Paris looks, Nomi's obviously lived in Paris. Not obviously, she lived in Paris. So she knows it well. And she went, yeah, they definitely went on a recce for this. Oh, quite amazing. Yeah, I think they take loads of photos, film it, don't they? They just really go. And then you see their stu their, their studios. And um, yeah. where is Pixar? It's, it's not in LA. It's, I think it's in is it San Francisco or is it LA Pixar? I don't know. I don't know. But um, I, don't know. I think they're, they're not in an obvious Hollywood location. But if you look at their studios, it's just filled with obviously photos of, you know, they've got like, I think they take loads of 380 degree 
kind of photos. You know, those are, I've seen them on their recce's in, in documentaries. They don't have a camera. They have one of those tripods where they just put it in the, in the middle of the location and it takes a 360 degree photo. And then you can always just sit in the actual place and just look around and study every, and then zoom in because it's high definition photography. Yeah. It's almost like virtual reality, I guess. And then just zoom into it. Yeah. So Ratatouille, what's Ratatouille? What, I mean, a lot of my reviews are just going to be kids movies, to be honest with you. There's I'm nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with, um, I mean, Ratatouille, I thought was amazing. The animation in the sewer right at the beginning just the fur and the water and ratatouille is quite old now it's unbelievable years. Oh, there's, there's a bit in luca where they show a close-up of the vespa this little bike so that might as well just be a bike it's like it's That's so incredible yeah, yeah realistic yeah. um it's luca good i've not seen i loved luca. it i i had a look at the reviews afterwards and it's sort of a mixed bag. I was like, come on, this isn't a mixed bag. This is fucking brilliant. It might yeah. not have, it might be missing the emotional punch at the end, possibly. I think the bit. bar is so high for um, Pixar, isn't it? In fact, yeah, anyway, the ending is identical to Brian and Charles. It's quite astonishing. Oh, is it really? What oh, friendship? It's... Two people coming together? Oh, just the last scene is just basically the same. It's so weird. To tell the actual plot, is it a case of so it's a young boy who's a sea monster? Yeah, who wants who who wants something else? Right, he, okay, he don't we to, all? Yeah, yeah, he wants to go onto the land, and the parents are like, you don't want to go out there; it's dangerous, human beings. Uh, and does he then meet a um, a normal boy when he's on? Yes, that? yes, he does. He meets a normal boy in the ocean. He says, "No, no, 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 no I'm fine. Come with me," and um, sort of persuades him to go onto land. And when he exits the water suddenly he turns from sea monster into little boy and uh, he, ha he has to learn to walk on the land he's a bit bambi-esque at the start and then his parents find out and because his parents find out said right we're going to send you to your uncles he's going no you're not and he runs away from home and he goes onto land with his mate and then the adventure starts and does it turn into a type of road trip then? Because a lot of Pixar films have that, don't they? They've got some journey they literally no, go on. No, no. There's a, um, it's a, like a triathlon uh, competition that they take part in to win a Vespa to travel around the world. God, it's interesting. So, they, so it's a swimming, eating pasta, and cycling around the town. Yeah. God, it is interesting that um, a lot of their recent films have been about identity crises, haven't they? Because their most recent one, Turning Red, is always similar to that, isn't it? It's a, it's a young girl going through puberty, and then every time she gets um, embarrassed, she turns into a giant panda. It's almost that kind of like um, beast-human-being kind of duality. It's a, it's a similar kind of um, element. They're trying to obviously move off into a different direction, because so many of their films at the beginning... Not that they were poor. God, I wouldn't be able to write them. But it was very much buddy movies on a, uh, a road trip, wasn't it? I mean, they're almost playing trains and automobiles. Do you know what I mean? They're sort of like... Because uh, Toy Story, you've got to leave Andy, Andy's um, bedroom. It's a hero's journey, isn't it? Yeah, Nemo. Was Nemo the same? And was... Yeah, finding Nemo. Literally got to go on the road to find Nemo, you know. But I enjoyed I recommend Luca. I think it looks beautiful. It may not be up there with their best, but it's a fantastic couple of hours. No, I'll definitely. Pixar's always top notch. Their new one is interesting, isn't it? Have you heard of Lightyear that comes out next yeah, Friday? I haven't heard that much is, about it. 
oh, that's a bizarre take on a franchise in the sense that I think they're thinking Toy Story, because you've got to look after the, um, the stockholders, haven't you? There's people who want, yeah, okay, you can come up with new original ideas, but you've got to keep the franchises going. They've done four Toy Stories now. So their new idea to keep that going is they've now done a film about the real astronaut that Buzz Lightyear was based on. Oh, so what it is? Yes. So it's not voiced by, um, uh, who's the guy who voices Buzz Lightyear? This is a Kevin line. Costner. Uh, Kevin not Klein. Kevin, not Kevin Costner. Not Brian Kevin Denny. Costner. <laughs> it's not Brian Denny. It's not him. Tim That's Allen. everyone gone now. There's no one I can Tim Allen. Tim, Tim Allen. Allen, you are totally right. It's done by Chris Evans, you know, the guy who plays Captain America. And he's got his own um, radio show. Yeah, I, well, I, funny you say that. I always have that flip in my head. Every time someone says Chris Evans, the actor, I'm just thinking of a ginger bloke with Martin Kane <laughs> yeah. glasses. I have to always yeah. get over that. It's been so assigned in my brain over the 90s, that name. Oh, but, so that's um, what Lightyear is, it? Yes, is it? so it's all about the guy who hmm. actually inspired the toy. And a lot of people have said, is, um, is Lightyear going to have a toy? astronaut from the film like yeah well that is buzz Lightyear, and that would have been what andy yeah that's weird it's like universes in universes now isn't it it's mm. very very strange if you wrote a song called universes in universes how do you think it would go i'm in a universe in a universe but in another 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 universe too many universes only one man Something like that. It's not great. I'm is it, that in one? a universe, in a universe. One man in a universe, in a universe. There's just too many universes. I'm in a universe, in a universe. I enjoyed this side. I'm trying to find a book there. I, I just realised we were singing to I know, I just kind of got lost with that. I just been led along. This is how cults start, I think. I'm in a universe. In a universe. <laughs> There's something there, isn't it? It's just believing in it. It's yeah. like, have you seen the, um, the Beatles documentary yet? I haven't, no. Well, when Get Back's oh. created, yeah, that oh, felt like a Get Back go. moment, didn't it? I'm oh, in yeah. Universe, that did feel like that with Paul McCartney. But I just couldn't cut the chorus. I'm, I'm, like singing, I'm singing, David. I'm in, I'm in a universe. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for your movie tip this week, which oh. is uh, Chip and Dale yeah. Rescue Rangers. Is that it? No, is that yeah, you know it is. It just sounded funny coming. <laughs> okay. David Edwards, random film generator. This is where you choose three random, three films randomly, and then you have to blindfoldedly one of them okay so the genres are action adventure animation crime documentary comedy drama family fantasy history horror music mystery robot science fiction tv movie thriller war western i think i'm going to choose the genre each week Go for it. and you can choose the year actually we'll mix it up and then the next one you can choose it okay there we go right so i'm gonna go for I'm going to go for Thriller. Excellent. And what year would you like to? I would say uh, the teens. Let's go for the teens. So 2000 and... Um, 2010s. Yeah, absolutely. And so we random generate. Okay. Hunt, 
Have you seen Hunter Killer? No, I don't think I've even heard of Hunter Killer. What's that about? Hunter Killer stars Gerard Butler and Gary Oldman. Wow, is it like a um? Well, it's a thriller. I know that much. But yeah, that's all I know. That's Hunter all Killer. I know. God, that's it. Well, it's a good cast. Yeah, particularly Gary Oldman. Hunter yeah. Killer. Hunter Killer. Well, that sounds interesting. Okay, please choose a genre, David. Okay, what about documentary? Give that one a, a whirl. I a thought, yeah. yeah, and I'm going to go for the 2000s. Nice. And uh, generate. Home. Is that about a guy who's into um, animation, or have I gone completely insane? That's I about. Don't, I don't think it is, no. So what's that one? Home. That Bear is with. interesting. Home is a French documentary film. The film is almost entirely composed of aerial shots of various places on Earth. Wowzers. That sounds quite experimental, but up for it. Definitely yeah, up for it. I bet it's fantastic. The English version was read by Glenn Close. Oh, there you go. I'm in. Yeah. Produced by Luc Besson. Oh, there we are. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go for adventure, David, because I know you love it. Oh, absolutely love an adventure. That's what I'm there here for. In the 2000s. Maybe the maybe it's because every film is an adventure. It's a trick question. Please tell me if you've seen The Golden Compass. I have not seen The Golden Compass. I've not at all. No, I have never watched that. They okay. Did the film, didn't they? It's just been the start of a franchise. That's lovely. Okay, The Golden Compass. I absolutely love it when you haven't seen the film. It's rare. Why is it I've exciting? I've watched um, some of the TV show, but I've never watched the actual movie. It was Nicole Kidman, wasn't it? It was a big Daniel bucket. Craig, Sam Daniel Elliott. Craig. That's Ian it. McKellen. Oh, Sam Elliott was in it. Yeah. Is Ian McKellen in it? That's yeah. interesting. The and Golden... that's the voice of the polar bear. That's, um, <clears throat> that's a big actor, isn't it? Okay, so... I've got the three films here, which you have to choose one of them. Blindfoldedly, if that's a word. Here we go. Are you going to choose... I've, I've mixed them up a bit. Right. A, B, or C? I will go for C. Home. Experimental <laughs> documentary time. Here we go. Get rid of rumble. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about having to watch aerial footage of Earth? <laughs> when it was first described to me, I was like, God, this just sounds like um, something you have in the background of the Tate. It doesn't sound like a feature film. Yeah, yeah. Or like um, sort of uh, what a DJ would have behind him whilst mixing the uh, the discs or whatever type of thing. But um, I'll certainly give it a whirl. I mean, Glenn Close has always got something to say for herself. So yeah. I'm sure she's like imparting a few Attenborough-style facts to me about uh, climate change and uh, population. I'll tell you what, it's got amazing reviews. Oh, has it really? I've never heard of it. Yeah, home. And Luc Besson, I mean, you know, he's he's not doing too well for himself these days. He's part of the um, the Me Too uh, hashtag generation. I think he's been inappropriate with his female staff. But then okay. that... Okay, not every week. Leave that there. Home delivers some of the most stunning photography of our planet ever scene sign me up i'm, I'm up I'm, I'm up for being woed do you know what i mean 
Okay. Having a new sense of uh, Mother Nature Earth around me, I'm always up for that. Honestly, I can't get enough. I, I want to do this every week on Radio 6 with you. Oh, absolutely. Let's make it happen. That I needs don't... to be the pipe dream that keeps us going. I think you're a little bit gutted. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're feeling like this is homework. <laughs> it could potentially be that because... Um, you're not really going to be following a character on a journey. I, I could be Who knows? Wrong. You don't know. No, you don't. I, could I be- bet it will sweep you off your feet and you'll go, wow. Wowzers. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's a case of if I wanted to have familiar ground, it'd be the Golden Compass. But then again, that did get terrible reviews. It was supposed to be the right. start of a trilogy. Right. But part of me is like Nicole Kidman, CGI monkey, and a Golden <laughs> Compass. I can go with that. Sit there with my lunch, yeah. bowls of cereal, and yeah. just chew and watch that. But now but you're going to sit down on a me. Sunday evening, all quiet and cosy, and watch ho- and thoughtful and watch home. Absolutely, learn, see yeah. the world from a different perspective, which is what cinema is all about, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you very much, David, for this week's uh, movie chat. No, thank you, sir. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, did. so I'm not about next week, but I'll be around the following week. And I'll be here with a, a review of Home, the Luc Besson, <laughs> Glenn Close classic. It's really on your mind. <laughs> oh, it really is. It's like, right, straight onto Google, let's find that. Let's, uh, okay. see what that's, let's, let's look at the trailer, give me a taster of what I've, uh, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. dealing with. <laughs> High up shots of you know, cameras attached to birds, I imagine. This is what I'm thinking. For three hours. For three hours of a lot of uh, techno beat music or classical pipe. No, music it's going to be great. It's going to be. <laughs> Glenn will get me through it. She'll uh, she'll take me by the hands. She will. She will. She'll give me lots of interesting facts. And there is the shard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and over there. Is... Anyway, thank you very much, David. No, thank you. Thank you for your time. Love See you next it. time. Next time, can't wait. <laughs>